0: And then there's getting flexed out when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and potentially Taylor Swift bad. And that's where we currently stand. I know it's been a while since you and I spoke, Pat, but it's gone downhill quick. And the more it's happened, I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm not totally like mad, not mad about it, but not totally upset by it, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's it's ugly. It's real ugly. Everything about what the Patriots are doing right now is ugly. Two and nine. Just, I mean, just terrible. First team since them, uh, 30 years ago, to lose back-to-back games while only giving up 10 points. And, you know, what, they've given up 62 in the last four games and they're 0-4. I mean, it's just it's it's unimaginable to play that terrible of offense and just not win uh, over and over and over again. And so um, – You know, obviously, it seems seems to be that Mac Jones is getting the bench, and Bailey is getting the start, and at least from what practice reps look like, Malik Cunningham's going to be the backup quarterback. Now, I know he's not technically on the roster, but you don't have to bring him up to the roster to have him be the backup. He can play on a practice squad elevation. What can't happen is Mac Jones can't be the inactive third quarterback. So... You either have to have three quarterbacks active for the game, like all, all counting towards your forty-six, or Mac Jones has to be just a straight-up inactive. If Malik Cunningham were to be the backup quarterback again, unless you were to say, you know, cut someone off the practice uh, off the regular roster and sign Malik Cunningham to the roster again, you'd have to do that. Um, but you have plenty of practice squad elevations for him. They've only they've only elevated him once. So if you wanted him to be to be the backup quarterback, you could. And you can just sit Mac Jones down and just say, you know, it's time for a change. I don't think it's going to look any better with, with Bailey Zappi, but you just – you have to do something. And this is – you know, look what the Jets did, right? Zach Wilson stinks. He stinks. The only quarterback worse than Zach Wilson is freaking Tim Boyle. But, like, what are you going to do? Like, it hasn't worked out with Zach Wilson, so you put in Tim Boyle, and it looks terrible. And you can't run an offense with Tim Boyle, but it's like – dude, just move on, man. Like we're, we're past that point right now. Just be done with it and, and move on.
0: So here's my thing with it. One, I think that I'm not going to say checked out, but Matt Jones more than physically is just been mentally drained from everything where it's just, yeah. you, it's like when you're having a bad day at work and you make one mistake and you keep overthinking as so you just keep making mistake after mistake after mistake, because with this team, it was like, so you and I spoke last before the New Orleans game, and obviously Dallas, that was bad. But the New Orleans was just like, I'm going to take a word from your vocabulary, but like, a, what are we doing here? Moment when you get yeah. you got torched 34 nothing, and then Vegas was just on him. But then Buffalo was weird, where like that may have been a bit of an epiphany. But ever since the Buffalo game, it's kind of just been it's been it, 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 there's been nothing good or to celebrate since the Buffalo game, considering yeah. who they've lost and now. What's been lost,
1: man. And he just like, it's, it's just bad. Right. And Mac Jones was the guy that, you know, you thought, okay, we're going to, he can win with his mind, right? He can win with his mind. And that's, that's what's going to get me there. And just was not the case. Right. And hasn't been the case really since his rookie year. And I don't know, you know, I I go back to the bears game last year on Monday night football, when he was coming off of injury, he clearly wasn't ready. Clearly wasn't ready. Should never have played in that game, and he plays in that game anyways. And he gets benched, and he's getting booed, which is embarrassing. It was embarrassing that they were booing him. You know, they went they went three and out. They ran the ball twice and threw a screen pass on third down, and they got booed off the field. I mean, like what? And they're chanting for Zappy. It's like what are we talking about, dude? Like, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything wrong. You know, so like the screen pass got blown up. He was zero for one passing, but the screen pass got blown up. What's he supposed to do? Right. So, you know, you set him up to fail in that situation and they've kind of done a lot of that setting him up to fail. But here's the thing, right? If your quarterback can't handle the fans being pissed at him after, a, you know, after played came in and played well for two weeks, they wanted Zappy to play. Matt came out, didn't look great. You could tell he still was a little hobbled. Then he's getting booed. Well, if he can't handle that, he's not the guy, anyways. So, like, you know, that was a big red flag there. And again, I think they screwed him. But that should have been a pretty big red flag for people to say, like, hey, if he can't handle this, this kid isn't going to be the guy, you know?
0: It, exactly, because like even the start last year, last year's start wasn't exactly good. They had the game, they had the close game against Pittsburgh, where I believe you'll be there next Thursday, correct? Yes, sir. So, yes, you'll still be there next Thursday, and then. He obviously got hurt in the game against Baltimore where he didn't look terrible, but then there was a couple wonky picks. But then Green yep. Bay game, which you were at, was okay. The Detroit game where we linked up, which, hey, yep. they were in the same it's uniform fun. Sunday. So just trying to sure throw that out are. into the air. But yep. with this year, though, more than his play, it's just been bad luck everywhere else. Like the fact, too, that the how hobbled the best defenders in the team have been and that they've been yeah. gone. Your best wide receiver tears his ACL and when I said earlier that I've kind of accepted it because it was pretty much the Colts game where I was I I was I was out, I was out of function, but I was still able to watch it. and As soon as the pick happened, that's where I'm kind of like, even Washington, the Washington pick in the Colts game, that's where I'm just like, it's done. Because the more I've been hearing this over the last few years, and now I agree with it, I would rather see this team bottom out and be bad than rather constantly be in purgatory. Because when you're in right. purgatory, it's yeah. just putting off the inevitable. Now it's kind of like, it it's kinda of, I don't want to say scary, but it's kind of like we're truly going into an unknown offseason. I don't think this is like the twenty twenty-one offseason where it's cause obviously we talked about this. Pats have a lot of cap money to spend. There. I believe they're top five. Them, I know them, Chicago and Washington are in the top five.
1: Or I think they're I think actually those are the top three, I think.
0: Those may be the, that, I, I might be wrong. They, they might be the top three. I know Patriots, I think, are two, three, or four somewhere in there for cap. So having yeah. that plus your draft it's going to be a very interesting offseason to see not only what happens but who's there to make it happen
1: right well and that's i just think for me you have to look at it and say you can't keep belichick i mean bill's the greatest coach of all time he's the greatest coach of all time i i think i don't i don't believe that that's up for debate however it's been really really bad lately and it's been really bad for a long time and so you know you look at the draft i mean just look at the draft process right and the talent evaluation piece and not just the talent evaluation but also the development right like there are guys that maybe they're not as good and then you can develop them the patriots have done zero development of guys zero like guys have not improved even kyle duggar who i thought was going to take a big step forward this year Really hasn't. He's been okay, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't taken that next step to be an elite player, right? And so, you know, Tyquan Thornton can't run a route. He can't run a route. He's in his second year. He can't run a route? Like, and if you know he can't do that, and the big thing with Belichick, I think, is that his whole career, the biggest thing about him is that he would find these guys, right? Mike Vrabel and, you know, uh, uh, Ninkovich, and all he's got, like, these guys that were used in, Kyle Van Noy is another good example, like, guys that were used in situations where they they weren't used to the best of their abilities. And Belichick was able to identify their strengths and their weaknesses and allow them to just do things they were good at and not do things they were bad at, and now it seems like he's doing the exact opposite. And I don't, I don't know if it's Italian evaluation thing, I don't know if we, I have no idea, but, like, Marte Mapu, is the case for me. Like you look at Marte Mapu, and and, and again, I think it's the same similar thing with, with um uh with Taquan. but Marte Mapu should be playing linebacker. He practiced linebacker at the senior bowl. He gives you an athletic advantage at linebacker. I understand he's not that big, I get it, but the game is moving away from these big heavy guys that can, you know, that are like thumpers in the middle. He's a 21st century linebacker, that's what he should be playing. Instead, he's playing deep safety. He doesn't get now. He has the athleticism to play deep safety if he has to, but he doesn't give you an advantage playing deep safety. He gives you an advantage if you're play, if he's playing linebacker, and that to me is the biggest difference. Where it's like, can we take advantage of these things that we have that you know these guys can really kind of you know show what they have, and he hasn't done that. And I think it, it's time for a change in there. GM wise, it's time for a change. And coaching wise, it's time for a change. And I think they might have to clean house like completely, like just get rid of all the coaches. Troy Brown 100% needs to go, unfortunately. But they did, they got to just, you got to move on.
0: I think it's also to um, all the Belichickian guys are the ones that should kind of go. You know, Where it's like, I don't know what you do with the boys, but I feel like the boys just kind of going to follow dad. Um, yeah. Basically, anyone kind of with that philosophy too, like the Joe Judges, uh, Cam Accord I think. To the only ones you could potentially—I don't even know who you potentially look at keeping, like if a Gerard Mayo's in there or not. But then when I look at this team, too, with the, there's only when you say you use people that are bet—they're good skill skits. There's only two players that I can think of that are in that like Belichickian model mode, yeah. and that's Jelani Tavai and Jabril Peppers. Besides those two guys. Who else has he really done? And the only other point I want to make is I know everyone keeps saying how they've whiffed on offensive weapons, and there was a tweet recently, and you were agreeing a component on this, but I still I'm going to say this right now: at the best draft pick since 2020 was Christian Barmore. Yeah, bar none.
1: Yeah, because someone
0: said too, it's like oh they could have had Amon Ross, they could have had this. It's like no, no, no. Belichick traded up for a reason to with Christian Barmore. That's something I feel like the football a lot of outside football minds kind of ignore.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and I agree with that one, right? The one that he whiffed on was Ronnie Perkins, right? And Ronnie Perkins, who I liked, mm-hmm. was a PFF darling. That's the oh, one where He's so bad. I know. I was like, this kid, he was the only guy with a 90. He was the only down lineman, or the only front seven guy with a 90, with a grade above 90 against the run and against the pass. And he's, he can't even get on the field. So I just I don't understand that one. But that's a situation where, yeah, they should have drafted him on Ross St. Brown. Right. Like, obviously, you know, and so it, it's just some of those things are difficult because what Bill has done is ignored the positions in the draft. Right. You obviously you draft a, you draft a wide receiver in the first round in 2019, but like you draft the wrong wide receiver. Like you can't miss, you know, we're watching DK Metcalf put on a show tonight against the against the uh against the Cowboys, Cowboys. and here, Harry, you know. Just got cut by – well, not just – this year got cut by his second team. So, you know, it's it becomes a situation like that where you sit there and say, man, how did you pick Nikhil Harry over DK Metcalf? If you wanted a big body guy that could go up and get the ball, how could you ever think Nikhil Harry would be better at that than DK Metcalf? Now, never mind the speed. Forget about the speed. Like, Nikhil Harry couldn't run a route. Neither do you want to say DK Metcalf? You get right, run fine. Neither can Nikhil Harry. So, like, what are we talking about? You know, like, and so that I just I didn't understand that. I thought AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were clearly above Nikhil Harry, Debo. I wasn't one hundred percent sold on. I was wrong about that one, but I wasn't sold about DK. But like those two guys, I, I wasn't sold about Debo. I'm sorry, but those two guys were. I think were clearly better than Nikhil Harry and, and didn't get drafted above them. So. It's it's a process situation where you know, and and I've said this before. Like Bill is the guy, so like I don't know. I, I have no idea what the coaching, what the what the scouting staff is saying. Is the scouting staff sitting there saying, "Well, we like AJ Brown," and he says, "Well, you know," but I like I like I like Nikhil. Okay, well, what are we gonna do? You know, like he, he makes the final selection, and I have no idea. And the thing is that. We'll never know because no one's ever going to say who's was whose pick and all this other crap. Like no one's ever going to say that. And so we don't know what's going to happen, right? And we don't know what's what the situation was. But I think at a certain point, we have to look at it and say, we just got to everything's got to change because it just hasn't been good enough. And again, the last rookie you signed to a second contract was Deron Harmon, who got drafted in 2013. That's the last player. That you drafted, I'm sorry, inside the top three rounds. That you drafted inside the top three rounds that have gotten a second contract. And again, the last few years, obviously those guys haven't been up for second contracts yet. But like, and you think Christian Barmore is going to get one? It's possible. Ramondre Stevenson will get one, although I don't know about that. But maybe. And so, like, so there are some guys that you're like, hey, you know, we're finally starting to hit on some guys. But like, yeah, it hasn't been good enough. Obviously.
0: like even this year too like even keon white hasn't been all what we thought he was gonna be yeah there's a lot of players out there where it's kind of like it's it's just it's time for a change and the one thing before because like it's not a game but it's just a thing i want to run through but it's gonna be interesting too because obviously i haven't talked about this on the podcast since it's been announced but obviously february 16th we get the apple documentary on the dynasty so it's gonna be very interesting to see how much information truly, truly, Oh, good Lord. Um, how much information we truly find out from that? Like, you know, the Florida Gator one, everyone was expecting like mischief and mayhem, and it was very watered down and like a fluff piece for urban. I gotta wonder what that documentary series is going to tell us.
1: Certainly could be the same thing, right? Could be the exact same thing where, and, and and I hope it isn't, I hope they get into some of the nitty gritty stuff and they're able to kind of go, but everyone's got to agree to it. Right. And when they agreed to it, Bill Belichick was still the head coach of the Patriots. Now, Maybe Bill is saying, I'm walking away. I was walking away no matter what. It didn't matter. This is my last year, and I'm retiring. And, and maybe that's the case. And so maybe Bill says, F it. Like, I'm walking away anyways. Let's do let's do a whole deep dive into it, right? I just don't know if, if that's going to happen or not. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but, I, I you know, it is kind of an interesting look into it. By the way, what the hell are these guys doing? They're down by two points. And they kick in the extra point. What what are they doing? Doesn't make any sense.
0: That's the Dallas Cowboys. I was always going to say Dallas is going to win this game, and then Philly loses Sunday, so that it sets up next Sunday night beautifully, where nice. it's for all the marbles. Um, yeah. But the thing I wanted to run down with you because obviously we were talking about this team with cap space, but there's 21 players that are free agents, and I have the list. So do you think we could just if I'm I run through it? Yep. Okay, first up, uh, Hunter Henry signer. It's basically. Sign, resign or walk.
1: Uh, I would like to see Hunter Henry back. It just depends on what the contract looks like. I don't think anyone's going to pay him anything significant, and you don't have a tight end on the roster, so you got to sign someone. I mean, maybe Farrell Brown, but I don't want him as my number one tight end. I would say I would say keep Hunter Henry. Obviously, assuming it's a small deal.
0: Same. Uh, Trent Brown.
1: So this is an interesting one, and I've been I've been. Uh, not on team Trent Brown for quite a few years at this point now. I, I'm annoyed with him. I just think whatever. But here's what I'll say about Trent Brown. I, and, and this is where I've started to change my tune a little bit. As I start doing the firing out the mock drafts, right, and taking a look at what at, what's there at the top of the draft, obviously two really, really good, right, uh, tackles. For those of you that don't know out there, Joe Walt from Notre Dame and Olu Fashano from uh, new From uh, Penn Penn State. Two really, really good tackles right there at the top of the draft. Really good players. There's also Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Those guys are really good, right? And so the thing is this, right? If I'm the Patriots, I have two pretty good tackles right now. Now, Trent Brown is you know, a top 10 tackle according to PFF. And I know that's PFF, whatever. But still, by some metrics, he's a top 10 tackle in the NFL. He's been yep. pretty good when he's been healthy. Hasn't always been healthy, but he's been pretty good when he's been healthy. So my thing is that what if, what if you sign Trent Brown and Mike Onwenu, who's on this list too? You sign Trent Brown and Mike Onwenu, and you bring them back as your tackles. And now you don't have to spend a first round pick on a tackle. You can spend a first round pick on Caleb Williams or Drake May or Marvin Harrison Jr. If you end up in the top three, right? So. That's, the, that's what I would be looking at if I'm the Patriots because you have those guys on your roster already. You know who they are. You know what types of players they are. Now, I also understand it could be a new regime. It could be new everyone. It could, but, like, they're still good players, right? And so I, I might like to keep those guys around um, instead of, you know, we don't have a quarterback, right? We don't have a quarterback. If we end up with the number two pick in the draft— we can draft a quarterback at number two instead of drafting, you know, an offensive tackle. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And then you, what, relying on a second round left tackle to start for you. I don't like that idea. Um, And so, you know, listen, sign Trent Brown to a, to a two year, maybe a three year deal. Right. And, and and go from there, you know? And, and so again, will they do it? I don't know, but that's, that's what I would lean towards doing. And that's kind of, I've changed my tune on that as they've started looking at the draft and thinking about what will they do in the draft, I think it just makes sense to keep both those guys around.
0: Um by the way, I looked up so this is on Sport Track, Hunter Henry market values about uh two years, $15 million contract.
1: Yeah. I'd be shocked if he got that much. Shocked. That's I just and what they're saying. Maybe No, I know, and, and maybe he will, but I'd just be surprised if he if he was making seven and a half million dollars. I just he hasn't done anything this year. He's been, you know, mediocre at best in the run game hasn't really been super effective in the past game. Now, no one's been effective in the passing game, so it's not really fair to Hunter Henry to say that. But still, I think you can get him for a two-year 10. You know, I don't think it's far off. Two for 10, maybe two for 12, maybe. But, um, but you know, I wouldn't go much further than that, and I don't think you're going to need to.
0: Yeah, because that's like even the thing, too, with, with like that. I don't think there's going to be a huge, huge market out there for him. And then the next guy is the same thing. But it's Kendrick Bourne. He's he'll be coming off the torn ACL. But ultimately, he's the kind of glue guy I think this locker room needs because whenever since he's gotten there, you see more behind the scenes from this team than you ever have before. Where he's always posting, he's always vibrant, he's bringing the vibes. He's plus two. He's a good football player. I was honestly out of any injury we've had this year that one broke my heart the most just because it was he was playing so well and on a rebound year so. He's a player, honestly, I I would bring him back. I think, you know what, just sign him to a cheap deal, let him do his rehab. Because that's the other thing, too, about it. Is he going to want to go to a new team, or who's going to want to give him money coming off of a significant injury like that?
1: Yeah. Listen, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I think, too, the injury helps the Patriots cause here because he's going to get less of a contract um, than than he would have because he's coming off the ACL injury. And so you're able to give him – a smaller deal than you would have had to before. Um, by the way, Daron Bland with another interception. Didn't return this yeah, one professional, but another interception uh to get the to get the he's, cowboys back. He's
0: been getting cooked all night, but he's yes. He you know what catch. he
1: he's he's Trayvon Diggs. People don't want to admit it he's Trayvon Diggs. That's who he is, mm-hmm. right? They're yeah. the same player, and Trayvon Diggs, like everyone loved that one year, and then people kind of figured it out, and he hasn't been that good since. And you know. He's fine. He's a good player, but he relies on those man-to-man taking chances, and sometimes you're going to get burned when you do that if you do it enough. And, you know, in this case, he's been getting burned all night, but you can get burned all night, and then you turn around and make a play like that, and so now your team's back in it. So, But no, but but the Trent Browns, uh, the, uh, the Kendrick Bourne stuff for me, I, I think I, he, for me, on the field, number one, and in the locker room, number two, I think that's a guy you want to have on your roster.
0: Um, One other take about the draft, actually. So two weeks ago, Kyrie, Kyrie Thompson was on this take in my head, and I agree with it. I don't want to say there's a multiverse about this, but I think there's a real possibility that this happens. I don't know if it will, though. But Marvin Harrison Jr. being the first overall pick in the draft in April. I, I think it, if Arizona gets the pick, I think that's where I think they would be the team to do it.
1: It could happen. I just – here's the thing, Right. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. I get it, right? And and like so Bob Knight died recently and you know they were they were talking about, you know, Bobby Knight and when when Portland called them in 80 in the 86 draft. 84 draft, 84 draft, I think it was, 84. right? They him in the 84 draft and they go, "Hey, look, who should we draft at number 2?" Hakeem's going number 1. Who should we draft at number 2? And he says Michael Jordan. And they said, well, we need a center. And he goes, yeah, play Michael Jordan in center. It doesn't matter. Like draft Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of how I feel about Marvin Harrison Jr. He is the best player in the draft, in my opinion. He's 6'4", by the way. Like he's freaking huge, which is insane because he's so slick and so smooth and so fast that you don't realize that. But he's also 6'4". He's a big dude. Here's the thing. Football is not basketball, right? You can have a great receiver. It don't mean crap if the guy if the guy can't get him the ball, right? And so I think, although I I understand, and I think that makes sense, I do think ultimately if you're Arizona, okay, and you have the number one overall pick, somehow let's just say it happens somehow you get the number one overall pick. You have Kyler, you don't want to trade Kyler, you really can't trade Kyler. I mean, I guess you could, but you really you'd be hamstringing your cap space, right? So. So fine. You're not gonna draft a quarterback. Well, why don't you just trade that number one overall pick? Look at how much, look at how much Chicago got for that number one overall pick, right? And so, and again, maybe you will, maybe you won't. I don't know. But like, and then I would even say trade all those picks and then do what Miami did when Jalen Waddle was out there. They moved back from three to twelve and they traded a first round pick to get back to six to draft Jalen Waddle. Do the same thing. Move back from one to five or whatever, or one to six. And then trade a future first round pick to move up to three and take Marvin Harrison Jr. Like I don't mind doing that. I just feel like drafting him number one overall is just like you don't understand. You can't draft a quarterback if you don't have a wide receiver. You don't you draft a wide receiver if you don't have a quarterback, in my opinion. Right. And that's just that's just my opinion. Caleb Williams to me looks like the real deal. He looks like the real deal. It looks like if you have the number one overall pick and you don't take Caleb Williams, you're gonna look really stupid lately you know, later on down. Now, listen, that may, that might blow up on my face. And I know a lot of people feel that way. That might blow up in a lot of people's faces. And we might be sitting here in four years talking about Caleb Williams is the biggest bus we've ever seen and so on and so forth. And it didn't work out and this and that. But like the way he plays is just, is incredible. And it l- reminds you of Patrick Mahomes, the way he plays. And so you can't help but get excited with, when you see a guy be able to create out of structure and have the arm talent that he has, you just like, man, if you get the number one overall pick and you're not taking Caleb Williams or Drake May, if you love Drake May, I just feel like it's hard to justify, in my opinion.
0: You just don't want that tone. You don't want to be the Tony Mandridge team of 2024. That's right. literally what it is. Yep. You don't want to be in that because that's what this draft is. Um, the next player for me, this is a simple let walk, and that's Mike Kosecki. Like I, he he gave us a great moment back in October, but besides that, he's yeah. hasn't done much of anything. So I think that's you let you let him walk.
1: So the interesting thing about Kosecki is that I do think that he has some stuff that it's just not being used very well. But then again, I believe that. But then I also look at it and say, well, yeah, but. They said the same thing in Miami for years, and they could never really get the full potential out of him either in Miami. So, like, are you ever actually going to get that full potential out of him? I just don't know. So, it could just be a a Mike Kosecki problem, and he's just not as good as people think he is, you know. And I think that that might be it. Might be as simple as that, you know.
0: Exactly. And then up next, uh, Jalen Mills. That's
1: a tough one. That's a tough one. I I, I probably would let Jalen Mills walk. I guess it depends on you know who else they're able to retain, but Jalen Mills to me is is fine, but not he's not a game breaking player. Um, and Liam just dropped a fourth down pass right in this friggin' hands dude. Um, but he's not he's not a great game breaking player to me, you know. And so I, I just I like him. He's a good player, but. Ultimately it is what it is. And I don't think I think it's one of those ones where if you let him walk, it's fine. If you if you keep him, you're keeping him on a short money deal because you like him in the locker room and you like what he can give you from here from you know from time to time, but you really haven't seen him on the field much this year. So I I, I just feel like it's it's unlikely he'll be back. And then Zeke. I mean, no. No, I mean I don't know. Why? Like why resign signing Zeke? You know, like dra- you are drafting what you should be doing is drafting a young running back and either you're going to re-sign Ramondre to to an extension because you love the guy and you think he's a dominant player and, you know, whatever. Fine. Or you're drafting a guy to try to take over for him. Um, Zeke just doesn't. I mean, he's fi- Zeke is fine. He's, he's a good player, but he's replaceable. You can get that guy. Look at Zach Moss out in Indy like you can get that guy off of waivers you know, that no one wants. And so I like him. I think he's been a good leader in the locker room from all accounts. It sounds like that, but like, I'm not, I'm not tripping over myself to resign. him.
0: The next player on this list is um, I, I don't even want to comment on it because I feel like it's the end of his playing days and that's everyone's favorite special teamer, Matthew Slater. I feel like this is his swan, very, yeah. very. It's very disappointing that he's going out with this, with this kind of season.
1: Yeah, you just feel like he won't be back. I mean, I, I don't know. He could be. The guy still has – the guy's still insanely athletic. It's ridiculous. But you, you find it hard to believe that he's going to be back next year.
0: That, that's just it. You just find it hard to believe. Yeah. And I feel like if this next player comes back in Miles Bryant, you're going to blow a gasket. So there's that.
1: <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I'll tell you. I've come around on Miles Bryant because Ooh. I have – and here's why I've come around on Miles Bryant. Not because he's good, because he's not. But, like – the guy works his tail off, man, and he's and he's prepared, and he can only do what he can do, right? He's been put in some real crappy situations. If mean, you, you talk about a team putting a guy in a crap situation, Miles Byron had to play way too much last year, way too much. He was playing out of position. He was playing in spots where he should have never been playing. And when you get him one-on-one against guys, of course he's going to get smoked because he's Miles Byron. He's not that good. But if he's your fourth or fifth corner, well, like – he's not that bad. You know, he's not great, but he's a good depth piece who at least is going to be in the right spot. Like he's reliable enough that he's going to be in the right position. And that to me is enough where I can sit there and say, okay, he's deserving of, of at least, you know, a contract just to say like, Hey, we like what you bring to the team. We Like we bring to the locker room, you know, we can bring him back now with new, with a new coaching staff. Maybe not, but He's a guy that, you know, I hated for a long time simply because he was just and I realized that I just hate him because he's out of position. It's not his fault. He's just not that good, you know. And so if he's your fifth corner, fine. Kyle Duggar? Yeah, you got to resign. I mean, you have to. You've built this defense as that like hybrid, like, you know, Amoeba defense, right? Where it's like the Celtics do this positionless basketball. You're doing positionless defense. Kyle Duggar is the is the poster child for that. You have to re-sign him. At this point, you have to. Like, what are we doing? You know, like, you just – you don't have a choice, I think, in my opinion. There's a few guys you don't have a choice on. He's one of them. You you have to bring him back.
0: Uh, It's it's literally as simple as that. He's one of the guys that – he can be a – you can do a cornerstone of a defense with Christian Barmore, Jabril Peppers, Kyle Dugger. You can kind of have those three guys be, you know, the new – I'm not going to say to the caliber, but, like, what we saw throughout the years from like Vince Wilfork, Dante Hightower, Devin McCordy, not from a playing standpoint, because all three of those guys are, were pillars to championships, right? Except for Vince, unfortunately. But you need those for leadership perspectives. Because I say this: you're only as good as what you, as the leadership you have off the field, as you are on the field. So yeah. that's just that's a big dynamic with all this. Um, and then a fun one here is Josh Uche, who I think is gone, but it's like. I believe last time it was you McGarvin and I where he literally said he's gonna to go to a team that uses him right and it's gonna be one of those. Why didn't you do that with him when you realize yeah. hey, if you let Josh Uche get after the quarterback, he wrecks he wreaks havoc. Who? Josh Uche.
1: Who's that? Who? I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in, yeah. I don't know, month and a half. Guys disappeared. Disappeared. And I don't listen, we could talk about oh, get after the quarterback and this They've asked him to get after the quarterback, he can't do it can't do it. it you if you put two guys on him he's toast. He's toast. He hasn't done anything. He's created zero pressure. The guy honestly he, he was he was angling for a big contract and he's looked awful. He's looked awful. And so to me it's like, man, I'm sorry dude, like I I don't want anything to do with that guy. And maybe he will put up numbers. But to me when June went out, he disappeared. As soon as there was no one else to look at on the other side. And he was the main guy. See you later. He was done. Toast. And so, and and look, again, maybe they're putting him in positions that that, you know, and I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked into the tape deep enough to really see it. But I haven't seen him around the ball at all. I haven't seen him doing anything. I haven't seen him. And I know he's he's battled injury a little bit here and there, right? But like the guy, I mean, if you want you're talking about shelling out, you know. Probably, if you're talking about a legit edge rusher, ten to fifteen million dollars at least a year. There's no chance I'm paying him that. No chance. And so you know, so he walks, and yeah, maybe he'll be an RA player somewhere else. But I don't know. He's not. He's never going to be that guy. That's like, oh my God, we have to really worry about this guy. I just don't. I don't think so. At least, at least not from what I've seen this year.
0: That's it. And then the last player is Michael Wenu. There's a lot of other players, but those are like the ones of significant yeah. consequence. But I'll say this was so the best part so far with this offensive line that struggled, which I feel like center's going to have to get addressed in the off offseason. I don't think, Dave, I think David Andrews, I can see him retiring at the end of the year. But the right side of the line is solid with So and Wenu. So has been, probably So and Douglas have been the two best rookies this year. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm ignoring Gonzo for obvious reasons. Of just, look, yeah. he's only, he only played like, Three game, three and change games, but so and Douglas have been the two best draft picks this year so
1: far, for sure. And City So is a guy they drafted to be a tackle, right? And they started him out a tackle, and they played him a tackle, and this is where you deserve, like, so we. Of course, I shit all over the all of the Patriots coaching staff, right at the beginning at the beginning of the of the of the podcast. But now this is where you got to give them credit because they finally figured out maybe we should put Mike on one at right tackle. And City so was really good at guard. Let's just put him at guard. Let's see what happens. And so, so I think actually it happened because on when it was hurt, and so they had they didn't have a choice. They had to put so at guard, and they were like, wow, he looks pretty good. And then so then when on came back, they said so was kind of coming into his zone at right guard. Let's leave him at right guard, and then we can bump on at right tackle. And on looked, right looked fantastic at right tackle, and on when, and so was looks really good at right guard, right? And so it hasn't been all perfect, obviously, but. I think you found something there with those two, right? And so for me, yeah, I think I that's that's great. And I think keep just for the love of God, why? Are, what do we don't don't mess with that? You have Mike Wenu. he's playing really well at right tackle. You got a right guard next to him. Just freaking resign him, please! Like don't let him walk. Too like you let Joe Tooney and Jack Mason and Ted Carris. You let all these guys walk. And, you know, then you had your cover was bad and you had no one. So, you know, keep him around. And and I think that that will, that will be really helpful for them.
0: That's just the thing. Like you have a good thing going. Don't let it go just because of the price tag. Because, like how we were talking about cap space. But this year, I feel like it's so much different than 21. Because 21 is, hey, you can go out and get who you want to bring in and replace all these players. Meanwhile, this year, it's about paying these guys to stay. And also to extend as well. Because, Look, like we said, Ramondre Stevenson probably going to get an extension. Which I would, what I would do there is re-sign Ramondre and then probably try to get someone in like round three or even you know round four where Ramondre was taken to ultimately replace him. As DK Metcalf just gets a hat trick of touchdowns on the night. Um, one, dude. You know, I'm going, up, I'm going up against him in fantasy. I'm not really happy how about, about How it. about
1: this? I'm in, I'm in a guillotine league. Which I don't know if you know what a guillotine league is, but mm-hmm. i mean by the way completely the wrong idea to kick the field goal. But nevertheless. I'm in a guillotine league, and so a guillotine league is a a team. The lowest team gets knocked out every week, and then all of their players become free agents. And it's like the the free agency is all blind bids. So you have to give a thousand dollars for the year, and you got to put in bids for the players. But of course, you don't know who's bidding on who, whatever, right? So we're up again. Now it's it's week thirteen, right? And so I've survived, and it's with a few buddies at school. So I've survived in this and that, whatever, right? So one of my buddies. Bid on DK and got him this week. Paid like a decent amount, 30, 35 bucks or whatever. Because it's getting towards the end. No one's got a ton of money left, right? Because it's week 13. Yeah, Paid a good amount of money for him. Has him. Oh, my like, Oh, my God. DK's killing it tonight. Unbelievable. I go to the live scoring to see. He didn't check his lineup. He forgot to put him in. Oh, my God. Bro, he's sitting on his bench. It's a full, it's a full PPR league, dude. I'm texting with him now. He's like, oh my God. He's like, what? he's it's a full PPR league. Right now, DK Metcalf has 37.4 points, dude. And he's sitting on this kid's bench, dude. Good. And it's like, and I'm sitting there like, Lord. oh my God, what an absolute nightmare. So and by the way, if I were if I were the Seahawks in that situation, the so Seahawks scored, and and this is semantics, this is math, and whatever. Mm-hmm. and maybe the analytics disagree with me here you're up seven you just scored a touchdown to go up seven you kick the x point to go up eight fine i would have gone for two you're already up seven whatever dude go for two if you go for two you're up two scores
0: and here's the other thing with that as well if you you worst case scenario you don't get it hey you're up by a touchdown best case right. scenario you get it you're up by nine that really puts dallas into a predicament correct not good for them yep um with New England though, uh, before we talk about go back to the head coaching situation, I've always fumbled with the idea of should they go for free agency for a quarterback or should they go for a rookie quarterback? I'm more sold on the rookie quarterback now just cuz like look, you reset the clock and also the with a um bringing in a free agent's just too costly and I feel like they're if this was a few years, if this was like like I said, if right now the Patriots were let's say if they were 5 and 6 right now, you know, mm-hmm. or 5 and mm-hmm. 7 they do that. It's fine. You know, hey, they have the year. They go 8-9 again. They go 7-10. and 10. It is what it is. But the fact that they're so low, and I feel like because you're in a spot where hopefully you aren't again, that this is like a, a one-season blip. I'm not trying to say that they're gonna do, the Patriots are going to be this great team next year. But, right. hey, they're a team next year that they have no expectation to play with. Yep. And also, they're playing with house money for the for next regular season. So, if you do that, it's like, hey, great. Yeah. Cool you. What is the rookie quarterback you're eyeing the most
1: so it's a good question so just to because you mentioned the the um you know draft possibly signing a guy right to me Kirk Cousins was that excuse me Kirk Cousins was that guy um Kirk Cousins was that guy and you know so he tears his he tears his Achilles I don't know if he's gonna be back for week one you can't rely on that guy right if you had a top five pick now you're talking about get possibly getting Marvin Harrison Jr. Bringing him into that offense. You bring in a quarterback and you draft a quarterback in the second or third round and and kind of see if you can develop them, right? Sign Kirk cousins to a two year deal or whatever the case may be. So, um, so anyways, the guy for me is Caleb Williams. That's the guy he's, he's the guy he's number one on my list. I I just think again, like he's got all of the traits. And so, and all right, are some of the things a little wonky? Sure. Are do I wish he played you know better in in some big games? Sure. But like, it's all there. It's there. You can see it now. Like Josh Allen couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat when he came into the league, right? But he had these he had these talent, these skills that you just can't teach. The physical you traits that he had, you can't teach what Caleb Williams has. You can't now. You can coach him up to become better than he is right now, but you can't teach some of the stuff that he can do. So to me, I look at it and think, all right, like get Caleb Williams in here. And, you know, and that's, that's the number one guy for me. Now, again, I don't know if that will work out, but that's the number one guy. I like Drake May too. I haven't watched a ton of Drake May, but you know, it it looks pretty good. Michael Penix Jr. is fine. He's not, he doesn't have quite, he has a really good arm, which is interesting because he's a lefty. So a lot of people think like he doesn't have a good arm, but he does. But he's not, he doesn't have the, the athletic ability that a guy like Caleb Williams has, right? So like, yeah, he's good, but he's not, he's not like, oh my God, this guy's incredible, right? So Caleb Williams is that guy. He comes in, changes your franchise day one, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that for me, those are the guys I'm betting on. I love Jaden Daniels too. I think he's a really interesting guy. I don't know how well he sees the field. That's the problem that I have with him. I don't know how well he sees the field in the middle of the field. He's able to make some really nice downfield throws. He has a great deep ball. He throws the ball well down the field. I don't know how well he reads the middle of the field. And we've seen with Justin Fields. And look, you can put guys in situations, right? I think that – that. um Lamar early in his career struggled to see the ball down the down the middle of the field, and he's gotten much better at that. And he was such a good runner that it kind of you know it, it balanced out, and so you have to use him in a way that makes that possible. But I, I don't know. I, I I don't hate the idea of of taking a guy like Jaden Daniels. I'm not taking him in the top ten. But I would trade back into the first round like they did for Lamar Jackson for him. Fine. I'll take a guy at, you know, say I take Marvin Harrison Jr. at three and then I trade 35 or whatever I think, you know, assuming that they're at, they're still at three, I trade 35 and, and, um, you know, and go from there. Fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, and I draft him at, you know, 29 or 27 or whatever, but I'm not taking him in the top 10. Um, you know, so, but, but it really, for, to me, it's Caleb Williams. And then there's a bunch of other guys, but to me, it's the, that's the number one guy in the list.
0: Like, for example, Bo Nix, I'm not touching with a 10 foot pole. No. He, cause no, I'm not touching Bo Nix with a 10 foot pole. Um, the other one, Carson Beck's probably gonna stay in school. I don't know yeah. if you saw that today, but getting a goofy amount of money for to stay at Georgia for another year. Um, my other thing is, look, Drake May has the talents, but it's just, it's kind of, kind of that like, Bo Nix, and Dan- Bo Nix and Drake may kind of land in that like, weird. They could be a Daniel Jones territory where right. you don't know exactly what you're going to get. I like Michael Penix Jr. personally, but I just don't – not for the Patriots. And the Jaden Daniels, I like him, but I do not like him at three. I will say that right now. If the yeah. Patriots were picking 10, 11, or 12, yeah, you take that shot. You do not take it within the top five because if you look at this draft realistically from a top five standpoint, it should go – a combination of Mayor Williams, depending on what you want, then Maserati Marv. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I, you said it earlier, I'm not even going to attempt to say his name the tackle for Penn State. Oh, like yeah. Who Chicago's probably going to take with their second pick, yeah. probably if they land at four or five. And then Washington's kind of the weird wild card, but I feel like you'd probably go Joel Alt, considering how bad that offensive line is in I Washington. Agree. So we'll have to wait and see, but. With this team overall, like, I agree with everything you were saying there. And then Jaden Daniels, you know what? My only fear with trading back in the first round of draft. Kim would be teams that their Patriots are calling are going to know right away what their ideas are, so they would try to probably get them to give up a little bit more than they should. You know, kind of like what the Bears did in 2017 to jump up to get Trubisky. That's my only worry. But at the same time, too, if, I don't know, David Tepper gives us 33 to go get um, – bill belichick then it's a bit of a different story so we'll have to wait and see ultimately what happens there and then with bill belichick if you were to pick his replacement right now i don't want to ask for like a certain guy but is there like a top three you're kind of brewing with on who you could potentially do it because i don't think it's gonna be as big as what it is to replace tom brady but it's still gonna be very big shoes to fill
1: oh yeah yeah there are guys so um by the way one guy i forgot to mention was shador sanders uh love shador huge, 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 huge Shador Sanders fan. But I just don't think he's coming out this year. I just don't think – I don't think his dad's going to let him walk when he's probably going to be a second-round pick at best. Um, and so, you know, maybe they'll say, oh, you could be a top-ten pick. But I, I don't think Shador is going to get up to that level. So I think he probably stays in school one more year. He's got Travis Hunter there at Colorado for one more year. So you stay for one more year, you come out, and you try to be make yourself a top-five to ten pick next year when you have an offensive line and you can get some more guys in and whatever. So, um, but
0: exactly.
1: as far as, as far as replacing Belichick, what I don't want is a cast off. What I don't want is a retread. I don't want a guy. Don't give me someone that's been a head coach in the NFL before. I don't freaking care. I don't want one of those guys. I don't need him. I don't want them. I think it's stupid. Don't give me one of those guys. Right. Friggin' Frank Reich, who got hired in, in yeah. Carolina. Like, what are we don't What are you doing? That's stupid. So, to me, it's a guy like Ben Johnson. Right? It's give me a, a forward-thinking offensive coordinator or give me a forward-thinking defensive coordinator if you want. Right? Domingo Ryans is killing it right now in, in Houston because he's a forward-thinker. He brought in a good offensive coordinator with him. And they're running the team that they want to run. I think that that's a good idea. Bring in a guy that's that is unproven, and that's a little dangerous. I get it; it's a little dangerous. But you got to trust your gut. If you're Robert Kraft, you have to trust yourself. You've been around football long enough to be able to understand when a guy knows what he's doing and when a guy's a snake oil salesman and doesn't know what he's doing, right? So, like, find a guy that knows what he's doing. Try to bring him in and see what you can do. Right? It might you could end up with Matt Rufus which obviously wouldn't be ideal, you could end up with with D'Amico Ryans, right? So to me, the guy is Ben Johnson, but I don't know if, you know, there's already been smoke that Carolina wants Ben Johnson and, you know, he then has, I don't know how he feels about Bryce Young, right? So, like, does he love Bryce Young as his quarterback? And if he doesn't, then he doesn't want to go there, right? If you're the Patriots and you somehow get into the number one pick, which I think is possible, I think that, you know, Carolina now with, They get the interim bump. If you get if you somehow pull off two wins at Carolina and you have the strength of schedule right now over Arizona, if you don't win another game, you're drafting number two. Right? The only reason the Patriots are number three right now is because they've played less games. So so they have less losses, right? So
0: Arizona has a buy-in.
1: Right. Exactly. And so so if you don't win another game and Carolina wins two. You get the number one, you get the number one pick in the draft, right? And so if you get the number one pick in the draft, all of a sudden, now the coach that walks in gets to take whoever he wants. You know, hey, take the quarterback of the future. You're tied to that guy. So you have a few years to develop this guy after you draft him, right? There you go, right? And so. Uh, to me, I, I think that that's what you could do. I like Ben Johnson, but again, just give me give me a twenty first century coach. Give me someone that's thinking outside the box, that's forward thinking, that's that's revolutionizing the game, that understands what's happening right now. That's what I want.
0: I know Matt Eberflus has come kind of under a lot of criticism as head coach, but what he's done with that Chicago Bears defense is next to remarkable. He's done very yeah. very well with the with the Bears defensively recently. Uh, but no, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't – know. like, I don't want, like, a rehash head coach either. Like, someone where it's like, oh, it's a second chance. He's coming in. Kind of like what we saw, you know, when the Giants h- tried to make Pat Shermer work where we all knew it wasn't going to work. Or, um, like, what was the other one? Vance Joseph. No, Vance Joseph was our head coach. Um, Like, how there's certain guys. The other guy that comes to mind for me is Bobby Slowick down in Houston right yeah. now. But I don't know if they're going to give him up.
1: Uh, but it makes honest, sense. All- Slowick makes sense because yeah. – you know, it's they just hired D'Amico Ryans. You know, they, if they're keeping him on, they're keeping him on as the offensive coordinator. They might be able to give him a bump and say, hey, we'll give you some extra money to stay as the offensive coordinator. But they can't say, well, you're going to take over eventually. That doesn't – no, you're not, right? And he might say, no, no I want to stick around and, and, and you know, be with C.J. Stroud and be with D'Amico Ryans and do this. But, like, I don't know. I feel like every guy wants his shot, and that could be a shot, you know?
0: Because even another guy who's done really well this year as a head coach from the forward thinking perspective, I feel like has been very under the radar too. Is Shane Steichen? I'm not mm-hmm. saying like obviously they're going to lure him away from Indy, but I just wanted to throw out another example of like right. The Colts are six and five right now with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, and they beat us in one of the most boring games of the year. So yeah, I take the credit with what it's due. The only head coach that I would want the rehash I would consider is Mike Vrabel. Besides that. No, just I only say Vrabel just because of the connection to the team. But at the same time, too, I feel like that could be more bad than good.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I just like how are they how are they playing right now? They're not playing that great right now. They're playing OK, but they're not playing that great right now. I, I just I don't know if I'm sold on the idea of Mike Rabel being the head coach here. I like Vrabel a lot, um, but I don't know. And then you got to give up something to get him. I, you know, I, I don't I don't love that idea.
0: But I, I get it, mommy, but I don't
1: I don't love the idea.
0: Mine is in the world if he's fired more than in the world. And uh, that I can if see. He's, if he's
1: fired fine, right? I can see that. Um but right, if you're if you're trying to get him away from Tennessee or something like that, I just
0: uh, yeah. no, 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 no. This would be this is in a he gets fired from the Tennessee Titans world, yeah. not a trade to get him. Because it's like Belichick, I still think that he's not getting fired or mutual parting ways. It's going to be what happened with Sean Payton where, look, he's walking away from the team, but at the same time, too, the Patriots are going to have to get something to give him up. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen there. I agree. Um, Unless
1: he wants to retire.
0: That's the other thing, too. You know? He very well could just walk off into the sunset. Obviously, he wants to break Shula, but at the end of the day – what team out there would realistically give them the chance to break Shula? Maybe LA besides that, because Washington, if they were to trade for him, I can't see it. Carolina, who, honestly, who knows? I doubt he would want to work yeah. for David Tepper because I know all owners have their micromanaging that they kind of do, but David Tepper's the one that's really out there. And I'm sorry, but him blatantly shouting fuck outside of the locker room was a cry for attention. <laughs> that's not him being mad. That no, was... Right. Oh, someone's going to hear me and I'm going to get attention. And this is going to be like, like that. That, that was just right. him Coping. being,
1: you know, I, I just, I, and maybe he's, maybe he sits down with David Tepper and says, look, sure. You want me to be your coach? I'll be your coach. If you get in my way, I'm walking. You get in my way and I'm walking and you can friggin' take, you, you've traded a first round pick or whatever he traded for me. I don't care. I'm walking away. I just—I also don't know if Carolina will do it only because they don't have any draft picks. They get no draft picks, right? They traded their first-round pick this year. They traded their second-round pick next year. They don't have any picks to trade, right? I mean, I guess you could trade your first-round pick next year, but now you're talking about you've traded your two – you have drafted a young quarterback, right? And you've traded, what, 2024 and 2025 Mm -hmm. first-round picks, and you've also traded your 2025 second-round pick. And now you get no talent around your young quarterback. That's that's not a good idea, you know.
0: Here's my other thing with it too: is just I only say it like, mainly joking because I know how stubborn David Tepper is yeah. as an owner because of everything that obviously has gone on this week, which we don't have to get into the details on. But
1: right, I think Washington. By the way, I think Washington makes a ton of sense because new owner, they want to make a splash. It's like a, it's an old, old franchise, right? Like it would be, it would be a cool place for him to work. They're gonna change the logo, they're gonna change the name, they're gonna do all that crap. Like, I think that if that Annapolis. that would be close to Annapolis, where he grew up. Like, to me, that makes the most sense. And they have draft picks that they can trade. So, like, you know, you're probably not getting their first round pick in 2024, but you probably get their, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to get their first round pick in 2025. And now the Patriots can say, okay, you know, we'll see how they, I mean, maybe they're good and, and who knows, but whatever you're getting a first round pick, you're not getting a top five pick for, for any coach. I don't care. Like you're not getting a top five pick. Um, And so, you know, but you get a 2025 first round pick from them and I say, okay, fine. Yep. Yeah, okay. Let's do that. And, and he can go off to, to, uh, to Washington and hopefully be successful and break Shua's record and, and kind of go from there. I just, I think Kraft wanted to keep him. And he wanted him to break the record here. It's just not we it just it, we, you need you need a fresh you need a fresh start. You need a fresh start here. And I just don't I don't see how Bill Belichick could be the head coach here next year.
0: It's it's headed for divorce and it's only gonna get uglier before it gets better. Agreed. Um with this team though, I already look like with this team, like I know a lot of teams have short-term outlooks, but for the Patriots and I'll say this too, I'd rather be a Pats fan right now than a Bills fan where you're supposed to be the cream of the crop and you're five hundred It's so it's the beginning of December. It's
1: glorious.
0: hundred percent is. But with this team long term, I, I look at them where it's like twenty-four, even if you'd not you're still picking in the top fifteen of the draft be remotely competitive like if next year is a 6-win year i'll be like okay with it i know we've come a long way and there's a lot of people out there right now that are going to be hearing this being like oh my god he's saying this but at the same time too you have to be realistic so if next year's like 6 and 11 or 7 and 10 or 8 and 9 all the power to them and then 25 yeah. or 26 i think is like, by 26, I think they have to be back in the playoff mix. That's my honest-to-God opinion.
1: To me, it just depends on it depends on what you do, right? If you draft mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback and you struggle next year because your rookie quarterback isn't that great, okay, I get it, right? One year, and then he's got to be better the next year, right? Yeah. The thing is, is that this defense is still performing well, and all yeah. of their players are hurt, right? They're all hurt, and so, like – the fact that they're still doing well with all those guys hurt. I mean, when Christian Gonzalez comes back healthy, and Matthew Judon, who I assume will, be, I can only assume, will be back next year. So when Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez and Christian Barmore and you know, when all these guys are playing together on defense, you know, and Kyle Duggar and and whatever, right? all these guys, that's that's a top ten defense in the NFL, right? They're still a fringe top ten defense in the NFL, which is crazy, right? So, so that's the thing for me where I look at it and just say. All right, get me, get a, and that's that was my argument this year, was get me a mediocre offense, a competent offense, and we're going to win a decent amount of games, right? Again, they've allowed 62 points in the last four weeks, 62, and they haven't won a single friggin' game. And so you're talking about giving up an average of 15 points a game and not winning. And so that becomes a situation where you say, Jesus Christ, like with a halfway decent offense, they'd be in – now, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they'd be in the playoff picture, right, Mm -hmm. on the fringe of the playoff picture with a mediocre offense. Their offense is just so bad that you can't even compete with it. And so if you can – they're not that far off. They're really not, which is crazy to say, but they're really not that far off from being an okay team. I'm not talking about competing for a championship. I'm talking about being an okay team. They're not that far off from doing that. And so if you get the guy and you hit on a few picks this year – that changes your outlook, and now you look at it and say, "Okay, now we can compete in two years, and and really compete for you know maybe the AFC East, uh, and maybe more, you know."
0: Because with this with this team right now, and also to I'll say this right now for the long term outlook, I like the Patriots a lot better than I like the Jets because I know everyone's like, "Oh, the Jets, this, this, this." I'm sorry, but the Jets have virtually handicapped themselves to a yeah. quarterback that like, I don't know why he would. Pl- I don't know why he would play. I know he's practicing and all this stuff, but I just don't know why he would play. And then Buffalo, we don't know what the hell's going on there. I think this year's a write-off for them, and that's another team where I'll say this. They need they, I don't think, I don't, I don't know what to think, because he just signed a contract extension this offseason, but then the fans seem fed up with Sean McDermott. Yeah. So it's this weird, like, rock and a hard place where it's like, you got us here, but at the same time, too, it's you gotta bring in someone with that killer instinct. And it seems like McDermott lacks it.
1: Yeah, they just and haven't then, they haven't done it. Yeah.
0: And then Miami is just I like I don't know if Miami's success is gonna be like if they're gonna be a five to ten year dynasty. I feel like they'll be a five to ten year, like very competitive team, always in that playoff mix, but we don't know what's gonna happen there. And then if New England can be a shell of what Jacksonville has become, so say if The year they drafted Trevor Lawrence, they weren't good. Obviously, that was coaching. But if by, like, 25 or 26, hey, they catch lightning in a bottle and they start winning some games that they don't expect to win, and it's holy crap, look Mm -hmm. at them. Mm -hmm. That's where it's okay. Like, I look at 24 as a year where I'm like, okay, 23, I'm going to enjoy every game left because, obviously, once football is gone, it's gone for a very long time. Right. 24 is please be tolerable. Right, give me seventeen right. games where I'm not going to either mm. laugh or 100%. use medical assistance to get myself through it. Yes, right. I admit that on air. Um, <laughs> and then twenty five is hey, try to be competitive and you know play with the big dogs of the yeah. NFL.
1: Right, but I mean, I listen. I think it's a good plan, right? You, you, that's what you want, right? Give yourself a few years. Let's see if you can, you know, let's see what you can do and how competitive you can be. And I, I you know, look. It's not, we're not talking about competing for championships anytime soon. But I do think when you when you look at the long term outlet, you're not wrong. Like, imagine being a Bills fan. Imagine being a Bills fan. The Patriots suck. They have dominated you for 20 years and they finally suck. And now, after all this time, it's your time. It's your time. And you're not even the best team in your division. And right now you might not even make the playoffs match if they don't make the playoffs. So that's the thing for me where I'm like, man, being a Bills fan has got to be tough, dude. And they're, they're going through it right now. They're going through it right now. And they don't have an easy schedule coming through the rest of the way. So they, and they can still make the playoffs. It's still possible to make the playoffs, but it's, it becomes tricky to kind of sit there and say, I don't know if they're going to or not. So, so that's, it, it's interesting. I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Um, Miami's really good. Miami's good. And, and the Jets have a really good defense. And so if the Jets have a good defense and, you know, Miami plays the offense that Miami has, look, I mean, I, I can see it. I can see it where Miami can do it, you know, and, and be that good. Um, but we'll see.
0: I, I, I just look at Buffalo right now. It's like you've done too many mistakes. Because if you look at Buffalo, who they've, like, from their Jacksonville game, obviously, look, they're another team decimated by injuries, but nearly losing to Tyrod Taylor for them, inexcusable. Almost having yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throw a Hail Mary on you. I
1: know. Yeah.
0: And then you also, here's other kickers as well for them. You lost to the Patriots, you lost to the Broncos, which I have not mentioned this on air, but I'll mention this right now. But a Bills podcaster named Joe Miller offered me ticket, his tickets, he was out of town for business work, offered me his tickets for what? that game. I couldn't make it because of work, but I could have been there for the Broncos game. Um, and then
1: yeah,
0: and then last like after the Jets game, I'm like, hey, they're back. And then Philly pulled a rabbit out of their ass and found a way to beat them. So mm-hmm. I'll say this right now their games, like if you look at their schedule coming up. How or actually instead of looking at their games coming because we know it. How funny would this be? New Year's Eve, Patriots and Bills in Orchard Park. Buffalo has to win to get in, but New England somehow finds a way to either make it competitive or f's around and beats beats them, and that's what's their ultimate dagger. That's something I feel like I could ride off into the postseason, like being like we eliminated the Bills from the playoff contention. That's just a random, very dark thought I just thought of.
1: Right. I mean, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like that's, it's it funny stuff, man. It's funny stuff to think about. And so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I look, I, I do think, I think it's a, it is, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I go back and forth on, on, on kind of where it goes, but look, I would love to, I'd love to do it. So it'd be fun, you know? Let's let's eliminate eliminate some teams. Let's be some spoil. Let's be a spoiler. Maybe one week. The hard thing is that you don't want to look back and and say, shoot, like you know,
0: spoil spoiled something costs shouldn't.
1: Is a track pick. Right, right. Like the Jets. Think about the Jets in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. If they don't win the last game of the season, they get Trevor Lawrence. Instead, they end up with Zach Wilson. <laughs> so, like you know. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. Uh um, Bailey's yeah, happy versus dope.
0: Tim Boyle is going to set football back to like 19. Oh my God.
1: So far. So it's far. It's gonna be unbelievable. But you know, we'll and, see what happens.
0: And then I gotta ask you, week 15, obviously getting flexed out of Monday night football, it sucks. But from a person like you're at every single Pats game, like yep.
1: so I don't happy. know what to th- yeah, it's, so happy. I mean, yeah.
0: you don't have to get home from school or rush to the stadium. Like yeah, no, I, I, I would have loved to have been on Monday Night Football, but at the same time too, I'm just like, either the Patriots are really that bad, or they're just like, they know it's going to be bad, like from an ass whooping standpoint, to where it's just like, we got to get this game out. of
1: here. So, so the few reasons, right? Number one, the Patriots are playing three straight, three straight primetime and, games,
0: and I don't think that Christmas Eve one is a flex either because it's NFL Network, it's not NBC.
1: Well, it's our, and it's too late anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The, I don't think you can flex that one out. So, yeah. Cause it's Sunday night. Although I guess I don't know. It doesn't matter either way. They're probably not going to flex that one out. Yeah. You don't need the Patriots three straight weeks. You just don't, I'm sorry, you don't need it. No. And so, um, you know, it becomes that situation. So, so I get it from that perspective. I understand like we, you don't need the Patriots three straight weeks. Mm -hmm. they're not good right now. And I understand taking the, taking the Monday night game. Now, of course people like it's the first one ever. And I'm like, well, yeah, but they've, it's, you've literally been able to do it for five weeks. Like, (laughs) it's like, come on, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, and and by the way, the fact that they changed it, we're talking it's, it's two and a half weeks away and they changed it. That's insane to me. Like I can see changing in a month out because the Thursday night game, you have to do it a month in in a month in advance. This one is like two weeks, which is insanity. I mean, there was a guy I've already seen someone on Twitter. Guys, like I paid nine hundred bucks for, on my for my trip. I was gonna fly in. I was flying in Sunday morning, and I'm flying out Tuesday morning. And now what? I'm just gonna lose all my money. Mm-hmm. And I guess theoretically, maybe you can change your flight or whatever the case may be. Maybe he can. Maybe he can work some things around. But either way, it's like, dude. There are people that are trying to go to this game that are coming in on Sunday, coming and now the game of- is at one o'clock. Even if they had played, even if they had played at four o'clock on Sunday, just make it a four o'clock game on Sunday. Because if you had done that, if someone's coming in on Sunday morning, they can still make the four o'clock game on Sunday. I one o'clock game it, is impossible to make.
0: I was shocked that they didn't make it four twenty-five. I don't know what the big matchup is that week. Obviously, they announced the uh, slate for that Saturday night, which I'll say this right now: that Detroit-Denver game is going to be a fun one to watch on that. Yeah. Saturday night, week fifteen. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up right now just because I want to see if there's any like. R- okay, so there's only w- one matchup week fifteen in the four twenty five slot. I think this is why, and that is Buffalo and Dallas. That's gonna have the premier slot on, I assume Fox. But that's the game that's kind of I, I okay I get it now. But no,
1: with one Steelers Steelers Colts, it looks like is playing. So you got, so what you oh, have been, is you have Sunday.
0: I've been on the Sunday.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you have you have Cowboys Bills. Oh, that's Thursday. That's Saturday. I'm sorry. You got Cowboys Bills, Commanders, Rams, 49ers Cardinals. So I get it, but like, give us. I I just feel like it was stupid. What are we doing one o'clock? I mean, I, I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. It's fine. But I just I didn't get it. You know, from uh, and it's clearly the NFL just doesn't give a shit about the fans. They don't care. They don't okay. care about the fans. It doesn't matter. So. But
0: I'll say this as well. I feel like <laughs> they won't ever change a Thursday night game because of the player safety aspects because it's just – it's too much. But then also I feel like for – I always get weirded up by these guys with the big-ass helmets in Dallas, the f- super fans there. But with the <laughs> changing Thursday, though, more than screwing up the fans because you're really screwing them up Up them then, excuse me, it's more or the less a, just a general – like you're going to get bad backlash because – if things change, so I feel like Thursday nights won't ever change. I feel like Sunday to Monday but is least, the easier. One at to
1: least, change. if you have a month, if you yeah. have a month, you can maybe figure some things out, right? But yeah. like, if you're talking about two weeks, like it's two weeks away. Some people can't, you know. Some people can't do anything in two weeks. So, um, you know, it is what it is. So it's just it's silly. But anyways, as Dallas takes over again. By the way, I have a five dollar bet. So. FanDuel does a does a five dollar uh same gate parlay like every Thursday night. Yeah. Where it's just free. If you lose, you get the money back. So I have this like ridiculous one. It was like uh it was Jake Ferguson touchdown. Just happened. Cee Lamb touchdown, happened. over 40 and a half, Dak Prescott over 10-and-a-half rushing yards, and Cowboys minus three and a half. So I tease some of those things down, obviously, right? But like but it's like five bucks to win like 75. And so far, all of them have hit except Cowboys minus three and a half. And I'm like, well, now the Cowboys taken over up three. They don't need to score any points. So I'm like, God damn it. I'm like, just get in a field goal range or something. Like <laughs> or like have Pollard break off a long run or something. So I also in that guillotine league that I was telling you about, I um I also I went back and forth about tight end and I dropped Jake Ferguson today and picked up Evan Ingram and Jake Ferguson six for 77 and touchdown. So not ideal, not the way you wanted to start. I do have Dak who's got almost 30 points. So at least I have that going for me. Um, but, but losing out uh, losing, you know, 20 points from my tight end is not ideal. Not ideal.
0: Uh, luckily I'm going so. in like another league. I have Smith and Jake Bo's got 13 and then I'm going up against 15. Tyler Lockett and Cook. So, it's yeah. all a thing. It's just the one league that I'm actually have a chance at winning. I'm playing the guy that has Metcalf, so I'm just like crap.
1: Oh, CD, go! go. Come on, CD, in field goal range, baby. Let's go! Let's go! I need Get it. The wheels I need going. Three and a half. So <laughs> do it, do it. it.
0: Three and a half for Pat. We love it. But, the you know what?
1: The problem is though. Now it's the two minute warning, so they, they even have they don't even have to kick a field. Well, I guess they could kick a field goal. You're not going to just go for it on fourth down. You could just yeah. kneel the ball out and then kick the field goal and go up six. Um, Before
0: before we go though, honest prediction for Sunday. Anyways. What do you what do you what do you think is going to happen?
1: All right, here's is crazy. You ready for this? Okay. <laughs> I think the Patriots going to win Sunday because, and here's why I think the Patriots going to win Sunday for no logical reason whatsoever. I think the Patriots are terrible. I think the Patriots, not that they want to lose, but I think that they also understand that they probably don't need to win. Yeah. Right. I think the cow the the Chargers are the worst coach team in the NFL. Brandon State was a friggin' joke, and I think that now that we've all accepted the Patriots stink, and we've all kind of accepted the fact that they're tanking and they're not going to do well, this is the game where like, oh, no, just kidding. We're going to play really well, and we're going to get a you know a pick six on defense, and Ramondre is going to run for two touchdowns or something stupid, <laughs> or, or not right, and and or you know, Chargers are going to score thirteen points, and the Patriots going to win 17-13 or something stupid like that. I just I just have this bad feeling that, like, now that we've all accepted that they're going to tank, that they're going to win. And then we're like, God damn it. Like, all right, fine, I guess. But, like, what the hell, you know? So, and look, I think realistically, they're going to lose. But I I can see that happening just because it's the freaking Chargers. And the Chargers are just the worst, dude. And they're coming, West Coast team, playing at one o'clock. Their coach is clearly going to get fired at the end of the year. Like, I just feel like you know it's a recipe for a disaster for that team and i wouldn't be surprised if the patriots pull off the win
0: i've got a fun little scenario for you for the next few weeks they okay. win sunday they find a way to win on thursday against the steelers just because if that game's going to be a like, who wins the turnover battle and yep yep but then and it's like hey Kansas City they're going to look good and then they get blown out by like 25 at home to the chiefs on that <laughs> sunday on that sunday afternoon <laughs> And then, so at that, that point, they're sitting at four and ten. And then the last yep. three games, they kind of. I think there's a roadmap here. I think they're. I wouldn't be shocked if they went like five and twelve on the year, where they go like they f- freaking go three and three the rest of the regular season. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they did that. Like, win the next two, and then lose to, like the Broncos and the Bills, and then. You beat the Jets Week 18 just just because, and that's like Bill Belichick's <laughs> swan song. I know every. I know. I know every Jets fan right now is like, oh, I can't wait to beat Belichick in his last thing. But like, Belichick going out and beating the beating the uh, Jets is just—it feels like such a Belichickian thing to do that I can say. I,
1: that I agree with that. I that I agree with. I you know, but it's like, but then it's hard. Now you're picking what eighth, ninth? What the hell good is that?
0: I know. I just I don't think this is going to happen. I, I don't. I, realistically, like I'm not rooting for them to lose. Like I'm always going to root for them to win. But if they, end I up feel losing, the Yeah. Yeah, kind of like, you know what, you just kind of take it on the chin when you're like, eh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, listen,
1: if you're going to suck, if you're going to suck, this is the way you want to do it. You want to be the worst team in the league. If you're going to suck anyways, why be 6-10, and 10, or 6-11, and 11, I guess now? Like, be the worst team in the league, because then you get the number one overall pick. You know what I mean?
0: It's like Will Ferrell and semi-pro trying to get the guys from not scoring baskets because <laughs> you didn't have the corn right. dogs to give away to the fans.
1: Right. Yep. So, but... Anyways, all right. This is fun, man. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Always love love coming through. through.
0: There's a lot. This offseason, I feel like, is going to be a very fun one to chat just because there's so many different avenues. There's so many different things. The only thing I'm going to say right now, and I trust the team to not do this, is to do what the Panthers did where you go out and sign a bunch of mid-level talents. I feel like if they're going to go free agency, you got to go big game hunting. for like, like, Say if they're going to go quarterback,
1: Right. Go get T.
0: Higgins in free agency. Go get – my. I know he's older. Go get Mike Evans in free agency. Like, you know, get go get those guys that are going to make plays for you. And I only say T. Higgins. I know it's like, oh, but T. Higgins is good. I'm like, yes. But then the other big name is Gabe Davis, and I don't want Gabe Davis as a wide receiver. I agree. Not, what, Gabe Davis is a wide receiver too on a very good team, but he's not – like, let like the Atlanta Falcons pay Gabe Davis or the Bears pay Gabe Davis. And Couldn't agree more. amount of money.
1: Could not uh, agree like, more.
0: But with the T. Higgins thing, I'm looking at it. They got they've paid Joe Mixon, they've paid Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase is not gonna be cheap. So I don't see
1: how I don't see how T. Higgins is back there. I don't see how he is. But well, I don't here's know. A very, we'll so here's a
0: very fun one that they could try to do. But the Dallas Cowboys this year have a very fun predicament. I don't know if you know about this. Dak Prescott's cap hits like sixty million dollars this coming it's season. Big. Yeah, it's big. They've got a defensive player who's going to want thirty million dollars. True. They've also got a wide receiver that's going to want a very hefty price tag as well.
1: Yep. True. I'm just, I'm not, I, not, I, doubt
0: that, I doubt it happens, but you know, I'm just saying. Stephen yeah, Lamb's going to want his money, and I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are going to give it to
1: him. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably unless right.
0: they, unless Dak finagles things, but we'll have to wait and see. But you know what? This is this has been episode two hundred and sixty-five. For all the Patriot fans out there, guys, we're with you, and we will be with you. And people still ask me, oh, you still cheer for the team? And I say this. I say two things. One, it's because for years where CD – oh, got overthrown. Um, For years with this team, I've always been told, oh, are you going to be there with Brady Leaves? And I'm sticking to my word. But I also say this too. You're in your fan stripes cheering for a bad team. Think about how easy it is to cheer for a perennial winner. We've experienced it for years. You get your stripes cheering for the bad team. When your team is bad, when you have to wake up and watch games every Sunday, I'm eating a slice of humble pie right now. You know what? But it is what it is. So that's that.
1: Love it. I love it. That's totally true. Listen, we have it so well, you have no idea, people. No idea. Dallas – not Dallas. There are people that are in their 30s that are Lions fans that have never seen a playoff victory ever in their lifetime. So, like, I know things are really bad right now. I, I, I couldn't agree more. They're terrible. But, like, come on, people. It's going to be all right.
0: There are six banners, and hopefully one day. We don't know when. but hopefully one day there's number seven hanging in for the Raptors Gillette Stadium. It'd be
1: awfully nice, wouldn't it? It'd be awfully <laughs> nice.
0: Would be. But anyway, guys, for Pat Lane and myself, take care. Enjoy your night. And as always,
1: go Pats.